Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Brandy Hall disappeared on Thursday, August 17th, 2006. When a person disappears without a trace, often the most critical information is hidden in their actions and words from the days before they vanished. Brandy Hall's last known whereabouts may hold the clues to what happened to her. In Central Florida, a firefighter and mother goes missing. She left by herself, and she did not appear to be in any kind of distress. 24 hours later, her truck turns up empty, submerged in a pond. I seen a picture of Brandy's truck being pulled out of a pond, and I just started going crazy. Did Brandy Hall have reason to flee? I can't grasp the concept of her just up and leaving and, and living in Costa Rica, sipping a pina colada. Or did someone want to hurt her? You can't help but think it. Perfect timing. Right before his court appearance, she disappears. As an investigation begins, the mysteries only multiply. She was fixing to get her life back. She was fixing to get her job back. Things were looking so good. Leaving Brandy's loved ones in an endless state of panic. Somebody wake me up out of this horrible, horrible nightmare. It's Thursday night, August 17th, 2006. 32-year-old Brandy Hall has just begun her shift at the Volunteer Fire Station in Malabar, Florida. Brandy is one of only two female firefighters in the squad, but she fits right in and is well-liked by her colleagues. Brandy's the kind of a person that comes around once in a lifetime that's truly, genuinely sincere about helping others. If you were going to be anybody in the fire service, you'd want to be like Brandy Hall. Brandy is something of a local hero. Her adventurous spirit shaped by the sandy swamps and palm groves of Bull Creek, where she grew up. I think growing up in Bull Creek did good for Brandy. It's just like a little community that everybody sticks together and takes care of everybody. 
Bull Creek's amazing. It's 22,000 acres of beautiful woods, and that was our playground out there. We learned how to grow up back there. From an early age, Brandy was a strong, tough girl. I was initiated by Brandy the first day I met her. She threw me into the mud. Brandy's very much the tomboy who wore Wranglers and boots and camouflage jackets, and that was Brandy. She was more like a boy. She did everything boys did. She drove the airboats. She drove the four-wheelers and three-wheelers, and she fed off that stuff. She loved it. <laughs> she liked being better than the boys. She was a happy girl. She was always the one that had the bright ideas. Although Brandy seemed invincible, she almost lost her life in a three-wheel all-terrain vehicle accident when she was 11. She happened to go up a hill, and the three-wheeler came back onto her face. Her skull was fractured. Both her jaws were broken. A couple other cheekbone areas were broken. She was in surgery, I think it was oh, 10 to 12 hours, I believe, something like that. And it was really traumatic. After a month in the hospital, Brandy was released and underwent home care for another year. Despite lifelong pain and scarring, and several more surgeries as she continued to grow, Brandy rebounded. I don't think the accident changed her. She had too much willpower. She had too much strength and want to do in her life. And you don't pick on Brandy. It don't matter whether she had a three-wheeler accident or not. She was still going to kick your butt if you picked on her. But Brandy's accident did profoundly affect her in another way. I believe it made her dedicate her life to wanting to help other people. That's why she became the firefighter and the EMT and a paramedic she wanted to always be there to help everyone. Fresh out of high school, Brandy began volunteering at the Hollapaw Fire Station. It's there that she met Jeff Hall, another firefighter, and her future husband. When we first met, she was getting in there, getting her hands dirty, and I really liked that. I mean, she was mixing it up good, just like the other guys. I'd been in the fire service for years, and you didn't see too many women like that. So that's, what I think, what was the initial attraction. In 1992, Jeff and Brandy were married, and their careers took off. Jeff was promoted to fire chief of Osceola County, and Brandy started a full-time position at the Palm Bay Fire Station. She was an excellent firefighter, and she could go in at a moment's notice and tell you uh, exactly what was going on by the color of the smoke, uh, the sounds that the building makes. She saved 95% of the homes that she went on. Despite working 24-hour shifts, Brandy and Jeff made time to start a family, first having a girl and then a boy. Oh, she was a fantastic mother. You couldn't ask for a better mother. Being a firefighter, she worked one day on and two days off. Jeff and Brandy worked the same shift, so I would have them on their day that they worked all day and all night. She'd always call me and tell me to make sure that they were breathing, to put my hand on their stomach to make sure they're breathing. Maybe with some of the scenes that she saw, and she just wanted to make sure that they were still alive. She just loved her children, and she loved her job. By 2005, Brandy is leading a comfortable, happy life. But on July 2nd, she receives shocking news. Her husband Jeff and a friend are arrested for marijuana cultivation. 
I really can't remember how it all came into play, how it all the ball started getting rolling. Just thought it would be fun and not really having the thought of the the repercussions of, of such actions. It was a stupid mistake. The grow operation was located on 13 acres of land, south of where Brandy and Jeff live with their children. Jeff pleads guilty to the charges, but maintains that Brandy has nothing to do with it. Brandy thought I was renting the property to somebody. I was able to hide the money, because we made a great deal of money. I had my pension, Brandy had a good salary, and also I had told people that I had rented our property for a pretty decent amount of money. But Jeff is unable to shield Brandy from the repercussions of his crime. The property is in both his and Brandy's name, so she is also legally responsible. Six days later, the authorities come to the fire station to arrest Brandy. I could not believe it. I saw no reason why or how they even got an arrest warrant for her. I was very surprised. They waited till she was on duty and came and basically made a public spectacle out of her. When I picked her up from jail, she was just in shambles. I mean, she was constantly crying. I mean, I was terrified for her. Brandy's charges are dropped soon after she is released from jail. But then she receives another blow. After 10 years of service, Brandy is fired. Brandy's record as firefighter was immaculate. I think she got some of the highest reviews consistently every year. She never thought that it would actually go as far as terminate her. She thought everything would be dropped. It's the charges that would be dropped against her. Brandy lived for the fire service, and it, it just uh, it just tore her apart. It was devastating. She was crying. She's like, Mom, I can't lose my job because she'd worked so hard, and it meant everything to her. Not one to bow to adversity, Brandy immediately sets out to get her job back seeking work as a volunteer in the nearby town of Malabar. In the state of Florida, if you stay out of the fire service for a two-year period of time, you lose your certifications. And she did not want to lose her certifications. And she asked me if I could bring her in and, and allow her the opportunity to be a volunteer. Because Brandy and Jeff are also financially strapped, she wastes no time in finding paid work. She started working for us in our construction company, just doing odd jobs, painting manholes or backflows and stuff like that. She was fixing to get her life back. She was fixing to get her job back. Everything was fixing to be settled with that. The trouble with the grow house and stuff, things were looking so good. A year after his arrest, Jeff has a court date to be sentenced for his crime. Although there's a chance of getting off on probation, Jeff's former position as fire chief could bring the law down harder on him. I was the chief. Now, I was this political figure. Brandy was afraid I was going to go to jail for a minimum mandatory of three years, if not higher. In hopes of helping lighten the sentence, Brandy agrees to be a character witness on Jeff's behalf. She also enlists the help of her boss at the Malabar Fire Department. I was approached by Brandy the evening before uh, the court trial for her husband. And uh, she asked if I would go to be a character reference at his trial, and hopefully it may soften the punishment. On the eve of Jeff's hearing, Brandy is scheduled to stay at the station overnight. As she always does when she's working, Brandy says prayers with the children over the phone before they go to bed. 
I called Brandy to say the prayer with the kids. We talked, and I said, okay, I'll see you tomorrow. An hour after hanging up the phone with Brandy, Jeff receives another call. My mom had called me and said, Jeff, do you realize that your court schedule had changed to like eight o'clock in the morning? So I called and left a message with the lawyer, and I immediately tried to call Brandy. But Jeff is unable to reach her. Brandy doesn't answer her phone, and her voicemail box is full. That morning when I woke up, I talked to my attorney. He goes, no, there's nothing to worry about. We just need to be there early. Don't be there at 1 o'clock. Get there around 10 or 11 o'clock, and I'll meet you there. And then I tried to call Brandy. I never could get a hold of her. I called the fire department. They said she had already left. Because Brandy's shift ends at 7 a.m., Jeff believes his wife is on her way home. But as he prepares the kids for school, Brandy doesn't show up. I don't know if there's anything that could describe that. I mean, I was scared. I knew in my heart I was going to go to jail. Dropping the kids off at of school, man, I was crying. Jeff says goodbye to his children and begins the hour-long journey to the Osceola courthouse for his sentencing hearing. While driving, he continues trying to find Brandy. I finally got a hold of TJ. He worked with Brandy at the fire station. They were good buddies. He said, Jeff, she left last night about 10.30. Jeff is shocked. If Brandy left the station the night before, where is she now? I mean, I was driving to court. I was worried to death I was going to be late there, not knowing what was going to go on. And it was just crazy. I was scared. And it, was, it just felt lost. Jeff Hall has just learned that his wife, Brandy, is missing. The 32-year-old volunteer firefighter was scheduled to be at the station until her shift ended at 7 a.m. But according to a colleague, Brandy left the night before. I'm getting scared at this time. I'm freaking out. Where's she at? And I've got the court thing I'm going to. Um, so it was very chaotic. Very chaotic. For Brandy's husband, Jeff, the timing couldn't be worse. He's en route to a sentencing hearing for a marijuana cultivation charge he's pled guilty to. Despite an intense desire to begin searching for his wife, he must keep heading toward the courthouse. I would just start driving around trying to find, you know, I would have more time to try to look, just drive around and see where she went to. And I, just, I just couldn't do all that. I mean, I was driving to court. Jeff arrives at the courthouse, hoping against all odds that Brandy will be there. Instead, he finds a small crowd of family and friends gathered outside, but no one knows where Brandy is. I got to the courthouse and immediately talked to my lawyer, and he goes, Jeff, what's wrong with you? And I said, I can't find Brandy. And then, of course, Brandy's mom starts winging out, you know, just, where's she at, where's she at? We were all standing there together, and he didn't know where she was at either. So we didn't know what to think. I was frightened, I was scared to death. But then I got to thinking, well, She's so petrified of this place. Jeff recalls an earlier episode when Brandy refused to enter the court building. During a pretrial hearing, she wanted to stay in the truck. Our attorney told me it's gonna last like five minutes, but she was so scared to go into that courthouse, she stayed in the truck. She was just terrified, totally terrified. I mean, just the whole atmosphere. I mean, it's just this whole part of our life was a, a very scary time. It was very traumatizing. 
Jeff hopes that his wife has simply gotten cold feet. At the moment, he has no choice but to put his thoughts of Brandy aside and focus on his sentencing. The hearing didn't last, I would think, maybe half an hour at that. Well, I lost all track of time. I was constantly thinking about Brandy not showing up, not being able to contact her. It went so fast. I mean, it was just me standing up there with my attorneys and the judge saying, you get 18 months, Department of Correction, three and a half years probation, and it's over with. Jeff's sentence of 18 months in prison seems particularly harsh to other firefighters. They wanted to make an example because, you know, we're in a trusted position and that can't be tolerated. Uh, your, your law enforcement and your fire and EMS are, are the people that, that have impeccable reputations. And to do this, it lost the trust of all the people. So, you know, you've got to abide by the law. For Jeff, the sentence goes in one ear and out the other. All he knows is that he'll be locked up and unable to look for Brandy. Until I got sentenced, until I got taken back and got my fingerprints again. And, you know, it's just constantly, you know, running through my mind. What about the kids? Where's Brandy? You know, it was terrifying. As Jeff is handcuffed and taken away, family members quickly arrange for Brandy and Jeff's children to be picked up from school. Then they turn their attention to Brandy. We knew where Jeff was going, so then after it was over, then it was time to go find out where Brandy was at, why she wasn't there. But the facts are few. Brandy left the fire station the night before at 10.30 p.m. Now, almost 24 hours later, no one has seen or heard from her. Brandy's mother can't help but worry about her daughter's state of mind. Brandy told me she and Jeff weren't getting along. I believe that their relationship got bad after he got arrested and then she got arrested and I'm sure Brandy was angry at Jeff over all this. She has a book probably three or four inches wide of all the certificates that she's accomplished. You can't be accountable for what somebody else is doing. Unable to sit back and wait for news any longer, Debbie decides to look for Brandy herself. I don't know. I just went towards Palm Bay, Malabar, looking, just going looking. I probably drove by Brandy and Jeff's house to see if she might be there for any reason. Just looking to see if I see her truck anywhere and find out what's going on. Debbie drives for hours, searching for any sign of Brandy. It's almost dark when her worst fears are realized. I remember coming to a stop sign Right before the stop sign, Cher, one of her best friends, was coming the other way. Seems like she might have got out of the car and come running to me. And she's like, they just pulled Brandy's truck up out of the pond. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready get 30, ready get 20, 20, 20, ready get 20, 20, ready get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. 
But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, it's Janice from Warner Brothers Discovery. Have you ever heard the expression, perfect is the enemy of good? I think about that a lot, especially when it comes to my body and health, because perfect does not exist. It's a total trap. Noom isn't into this perfection thing either. Its unique approach is tailored to each person's psychology and biology. From coaching to recipes, Noom's app provides personalized information to help you on your journey, no one else's journey. I also think it's great that Noom doesn't restrict what you can eat, and it doesn't shame you for treating yourself. And treat yourself, you should. What's more, Noom's approach is grounded in science. They've even published more than 30 peer-reviewed scientific articles about how they work. To date, Noom has helped more than 5.2 million people lose weight by helping them build new habits for a healthier lifestyle. So why not give it a try? Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com. And check out Noom's first-ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. Florida firefighter Brandy Hall never came home after ending her shift early on August 17th, 2006. Her husband, Jeff, had no time to look for her before making a scheduled court appearance. Now he's sitting in jail, completely isolated from any news in the search for his wife. When I was in the holding cell, I had no contact with my family. So if something should arise, I wouldn't know if Brandy showed up or didn't show up. And I was worried sick the whole time, and this was hours and hours and hours. I was just sitting there with my head against the wall and against the window, just, you know, stomach in a knot, sick in my stomach. Through the window of his cell, Jeff is able to see a television that the guards are watching. When the 11 o'clock news begins broadcasting, he gets the shock of his life. I looked up and I seen a picture of Brandy's truck being pulled out of a pond, and I just started going crazy. I mean, emotionally. Because it's, it's always her truck. That was her pride and joy. Her truck, her truck. It's always her truck. I'm starting to freak out in my mind and saying, okay, what's going on here? Why, why is this, you know, and just didn't know what to think. I mean, I, I was like a basket case at this point in time. Jeff can only imagine what the images mean. He must wait to learn anything more until he is finished being processed. I went to the 23-hour lockup, and I don't even know what time that was. When you get in there, you're allowed one phone call. I was able to call my mom, and she tried to fill me in. She tells him that earlier in the day, a man fishing in Palm Bay found a firefighter's bunker bag. The items inside, boots, pants, a jacket, and helmet, all belong to Brandy Hall. Firefighters responding to the scene found broken branches and tire marks, suggesting that a vehicle was submerged underwater. 
They work with police to pull the truck out and confirm that it's Brandy's. I just got my head hung against the window, just, just thinking, you know, what's going on, what's happening. Just cried, and I cried like a baby. I mean, I sit there with my head on the window, just, just close my eyes, cried. In Palm Bay, firefighters and police officers work into the night to look for Brandy. Many of them know her personally and are deeply affected by the search. It was uh, very traumatic for me. I knew the family, I knew the children, and the circumstances of how we found this thing and uh, no one knowing anything of what could have happened or what did happen, it put a strain on me personally. Once Brandy's truck is fully removed from the water, the responders brace themselves for what they will find. When they first opened the doors, they weren't sure if Brandy Hall was inside of the truck. When they let the water out of the vehicle and looked inside, they discovered that Miss Hall was in fact not in the vehicle. The truck is sent to the station for a thorough forensic examination. The next morning, investigators resume searching. Cadaver dogs were used to search the area. Volunteers were used to search that area. The woods and the area around that lake were searched pretty thoroughly by numerous volunteers and other agencies. Divers also entered the pond, probing the murky depths for personal items relating to Brandy or the firefighter herself. Suicide was a theory. She had some financial pressures uh, based on her losing her job at Palm Bay Fire Department, as well as court costs for her husband who had pled guilty to a cultivation of cannabis charge in Osceola County. The last time that I saw Brandy, she seemed okay to me, but she seemed like she was a little stressed out. The most thing that was weighing on Brandy's mind was her bills. You know, that she just felt like she was kind of getting buried. It was like she felt like she was working and working and never getting ahead. We didn't talk about Jeff's sentencing hearing a lot because the kids were around that day. But she did mention that, you know, she was nervous about the outcome and what was going to happen. To be sure that the divers haven't missed anything, police begin work draining the pond. They also start developing other theories. From there, investigators had to talk to Brandy Hall's family and friends to try to get a timeline of where she had gone, who she had talked to, and where she should have been at the time she went missing. Brandy's husband, Jeff, is one of the first to be approached. It was one to two days after I got put in jail that a detective came and saw me. Basically asked me if I did anything bad to her, and I said, no, I didn't. Jeff goes over with the detective the last contact he had with his wife. He spoke with her around 9.30 the night before her truck was found, which would have been August 17th, when she called to say the prayers with her kids. He tried calling her at approximately 11 o'clock and was unable to reach her. Detectives also speak to firefighters who were working with Brandy the night she disappeared. Brandy Hollip told her coworkers that she just wasn't feeling good um, and her stomach seemed upset, so uh, she was gonna go home and sleep. Surveillance video from the fire station seems to confirm nothing out of the ordinary occurred that last night. They looked at the video at the Malabar Volunteer Fire Department to make sure she didn't have any altercations with anybody there, as well as to see if anybody had followed her out of the parking lot. 
The footage shows Brandy relaxed and at ease, speaking with her fellow firefighters in the station. She left by herself, and she did not appear to be in any kind of distress or emotionally upset or anything. She left as anybody would leave work. The timestamp on the surveillance cameras pinpoints Brandy's departure at 10.50 p.m. Investigators look next at Brandy's phone activity. Cell phone records confirm that Brandy Hall called home approximately 9.30 at night, which would have been around the kid's bedtime. Cell phone records also confirmed that Jeff Hall had attempted to call Brandy Hall at approximately the time she would have been leaving the Malabar Volunteer Fire Department. Both calls are consistent with Jeff's statement. But Jeff wasn't the last person to speak to Brandy that night. Cell phone records also show there was a phone call at 11.05 p.m. where there was an 11-minute conversation, which ended up being the last conversation documented that Ms. Hall had. On August 17, 2006, Brandy Hall walks out of the Malabar fire station and disappears. According to coworkers and in surveillance footage, Brandy's last hours at work don't seem out of the ordinary. But just after she leaves, Brandy places one last phone call. Police are able to trace the call to Randall Richmond, Brandy's former boss at the Palm Bay Fire Department. Randall Richmond was a really close friend of the family to Brandy and Jeff. Firefighters are a very tight-knit group. Their families got together all the time and went camping together, and they just did all kinds of fun things together. On Sunday, August 20th, Randall comes in for questioning and tells investigators shocking news. Brandy was planning on fleeing. Mr. Richmond came into the police department, stated that Miss Hall had spoke to him Thursday night, which would have been August 17th, and said that she was leaving, she was going away. Um, she was waiting at the Sunoco gas station for money. Miss Hall did not tell Mr. Richmond who was supposed to bring her money, only that she couldn't take it anymore. She was just going to go away and disappear. Randall's account points the investigation in an entirely new direction. Did Brandy leave on her own accord? It's hard for those close to her to imagine. I was hoping to God that maybe she got angry and just decided to dump the truck uh, and, and walk away and get her thoughts together before she came back. But I can't grasp the concept of her just up and leaving and, and living in Costa Rica, sipping a pina colada and getting away from it all. I can't envision that. I don't think Brandy left on her own accord. She had to be forced in my sense because there's no way she would leave her children. No matter what happened, she would not leave her children. There's also the evidence at the pond. If Brandy fled, was sinking her truck part of an elaborate scheme to cover her tracks? To know Brandy and know the type of person she was towards her vehicles, she wouldn't put her truck in the water. It's just impossible to think that. Somebody else is involved here. Somebody else had a helping hand in this. Despite their doubts, detectives go ahead and check out Randall's story. But they are unable to confirm any of the details. Nobody at the gas station remembered seeing Brandy Hall's truck there that evening. And there was no exterior video, so it was unable to be verified if she was in fact there. 
data from Brandy's cell phone carrier doesn't support the account either. The information from the cell tower didn't show a pinpoint location, so where the signal was coming from could have been anywhere in a three-mile radius, which would have included that Sunoco gas station, but also would have included the lake where her truck was eventually found. As police go over this information, the results from the forensics examination of Brandy's truck come back. Detectives have found blood, and it belongs to Brandy. The blood was in the map pocket of the driver's side door and also on the driver's side floorboard. Again, it was difficult to determine how much blood was there because of the water being mixed with it. So we couldn't tell just from looking at the blood if there was enough to say that the person would not have been able to survive with whatever injury caused that blood. The new clue fuels speculation that Brandy staged her own murder in order to disappear. Miss Hall would have known how to draw her own blood based on her training as a paramedic and as an EMT. She would have been around needles and would have had opportunity to do so. Meanwhile, police finished draining the pond where Brandy's truck was found. They couldn't find her body, so at that point, suicide seemed the least likely. Brandy's loved ones wonder why, in all the searches, police have not turned up Brandy's gun. She just grew up with guns. She always had a gun in her truck at all times. Her dad was very, very protective of her. Her dad taught her to keep guns on her. That was very normal for her to have that on her. Brandy's missing gun underlines a more important point in the case. According to her friends, if someone approached Brandy that night, it had to be someone she knew. Brandy wouldn't allow strangers near her, her truck or her equipment. And if she felt threatened, she wouldn't have them come very close to her either, you know, so she was a very cautious person. If you look at it in that light, if they did assault her or attacked her, she would have had to trust them to, to, uh, to allow them to get that close. For detectives, the investigation has returned to square one. Who would want to hurt Brandy? There's not a soul in the world that I know of that would want to ever hurt or harm Brandy. Everybody admired her. She was the most well-liked person I was ever associated with in my life. But Brandy's golden reputation was much tarnished in the last year by her husband's arrest. Police begin forming a new theory. Could her husband's marijuana operation have put Brandy in danger? I did hear that they were dealing with dangerous people. And because she was going to go in and testify on Jeff's behalf, I think they thought that she was going to release some names. And they didn't want that to happen. The strange timing of Brandy's disappearance puts Jeff under suspicion. You can't help but think it. Perfect timing. Right before his court appearance, she disappears. You know, did he do it because she may have spoke out about him? Who knows? Police decide that it's time to speak to Jeff again. But the investigation hits a serious setback. Jeff is no longer talking. It's been a week since Brandy Hall's truck was found in the bottom of a pond in Palm Bay, Florida, but the 32-year-old mother of two is still missing. Investigators are beginning to suspect foul play and take a closer look at Brandy's husband, Jeff. 
the time of Miss Hall's disappearance, her husband was due to be sentenced. It was unclear whether she didn't want to testify. The theory was that there was drug dealers involved with a marijuana grow operation that killed her to silence her because Jeff was going to turn evidence against somebody. But police are unable to talk to Jeff. He's out of jail and appealing his sentence. Mr. Hall would not speak about the case, and his lawyers actually didn't want him to speak to us because it was still ongoing as far as the sentencing, and we were unable to clear up whether there was a bigger picture or other people involved that may have wanted to silence Ms. Hall. For police, Jeff's silence suggests he may have something to hide. But Mr. Hall, he was considered a suspect that we had to eliminate, as was a lot of people in her circle. The fact that Mr. Hall was not able to speak directly with us caused a big question mark to be placed over his name as far as suspicion of guilt. With no way to pursue this angle, the case begins to stall. After the initial searches, it kind of just turned into nothing. I even hate to say it, it's like she just dropped off the face of the earth. Time went on and nothing came of anything, and so they just sort of let it go like a cold case, I believe. Almost a year has passed since Brandy Hall has gone missing. Family and friends find it increasingly difficult to hold on to the hope that Brandy is alive when suddenly a clue surfaces. On June 28, 2007, a backpack was discovered in a canal in Indian River County that was found to be Miss Hall's backpack that contained her day planner and some other personal items. When they discovered the backpack, they looked inside the contents, found the day planner and the name Brandy Hall. The canal is approximately 30 miles south of the pond where Brandy's truck was found. It's unclear how that backpack came to be in there. It's not connected in any way via any waterway, so the backpack had to have been thrown in to that canal close to where it was discovered. The discovery of the backpack essentially rules out the theory that Brandy fled on her own. The backpack was a small backpack and wouldn't be consistent with somebody traveling. There was some clothing found in the backpack. It wasn't enough to support anybody for more than a change of clothes. Loved ones are also struck by the absence of Brandy's medication, which she took to fight the pain of the ATV accident she had as a child. Brandy went nowhere without her medication because she would have major headaches. The medicine stayed in that backpack and they were never found. Detectives follow through with the new lead, but are disappointed by the lack of results. After the backpack was discovered, Miami Search and Rescue came back up with side-scanning sonar to check that canal to determine if maybe her body had been dumped in there or if she was in that canal or if there was any other evidence items. It ended up being just another dead end, so to speak, in this investigation. Again, the search for Brandy hits a standstill. But then, there's movement in the case. After 14 months of silence, Brandy's husband, Jeff, agrees to talk. I first spoke directly with the investigators um, as soon as the appeals process was over with. I think there was a lot, there was a lot of misconception, you know, about that or why, you know, why I was doing that, but we're trying to uh, appeal a very serious situation. Jeff loses his appeal and begins serving an 18-month sentence for marijuana cultivation. It was probably within a month of me being sentenced. So they came to Central Florida Reception Center where I was at and talked to me there. I mean, I know the process, you know, 
be thought of as a suspect or a person of interest because, you know, I understand. I get all that. I'm a spouse. Palm Bay police visit Jeff several times during his incarceration. They check out his whereabouts the night that Brandy went missing and make arrangements for him to take a lie detector test as soon as he's out. Mr. Hall took the polygraph examination and the results were that there was no deception indicated. Every time we contact Mr. Hall, he's very open with information. He's very forthcoming and willing to work with us however he can just to get an answer of what happened to his wife. I would not characterize Mr. Hall as a suspect at all. In speaking with Jeff, Detective Pusateer is also able to clear up the rumors that Brandy was kidnapped or killed to prevent her from speaking out in court. There's not no um, drug syndicate out of Mexico like was rumored to have or some big, big, huge operation. I say that's nonsense. I mean, total nonsense. It was a smaller grow operation. They were just getting started. There was no Colombian drug lords out to kill them that had come up in some of the rumors that, oh, I think she was killed by drug dealers. We were able to eliminate that as a possible motive. For Jeff, the feeling that his crime may have colored people's perception of Brandy's disappearance weighs heavily on him. Would things have been handled differently if I didn't go to jail? Would more people have been concerned about looking for her? You know, and, you know, that just sucks. You know, it's something that I did. And I got weight on my shoulders because I went to jail, did something wrong. And that's, that's hard to live with. But with Jeff's cooperation, police are able to consider a new angle. They take a closer look at Randall Richmond, Brandy's former boss, with whom Jeff believes she was having an affair. After she went missing, yeah, I found one of her cell phones, and I found some text messages. And the text messages, pretty much at that point in time, made me realize that her and Randall were having an affair. But police have already looked at Randall. He was the last person to speak to Brandy on August 17th the night she disappeared. In December of 2007, I wrote a search warrant for Mr. Richmond's vehicle. This was based on the fact that he was the last person to communicate with her. On August 18th, his truck was seen several times not far from where her truck was discovered. His vehicle was seized and a search warrant executed on it, looking for trace evidence of blood or any hair or fibers that belonged to Miss Hall. No evidence is found inside Randall's vehicle. And when he is called in for questioning, the exact nature of his relationship with Brandy is difficult to define. Mr. Richmond characterized the relationship as an emotional affair, that he never crossed any boundaries. But others close to Brandy have a different perspective. Brandy did confide in me about having an affair. I don't think it was a planned thing. I think it kind of just happened. Some say that for Randall's wife, the rumors were real enough to provoke a very public reaction, seven months before Brandy went missing. Several witnesses told investigators that they saw Anne-Marie Richmond and Brandy Hall have a verbal confrontation over Brandy's relationship with Randall Richmond. It came up later in the investigation that several people, including Jeff Hall, saw threatening text messages back and forth between Brandy Hall and Anne-Marie Richmond, where they were sending threats back and forth to each other. But Palm Bay police have trouble substantiating any of this information. Emory Richmond claimed to not know anything of what was going on, and Mr. Richmond consistently claimed that he did not know what happened to Brandy Hall other than that last phone call where she said she was going to disappear. Neither Randall nor his wife has ever been named a suspect or person of interest in the case. While rumors still circulate, 
Brandy's loved ones remain focused on what's most important, finding Brandy. I just don't want people to lose sight of the kind of person that she was because a lot of us make horrible and wrong decisions and choices in our life, but it doesn't necessarily make us a bad person. And she was a good person, and I don't believe she ever meant to hurt anybody. She was just trying to live her life and love her kids and have her family, you know? And I miss her a lot. Years have passed since Brandy's 2006 disappearance. With no answers and no new leads, Brandy's family and friends struggle to keep on without her. I saw Brandy every day. We were a close family, and it's so hard that she's not here. It's like somebody wake me up out of this horrible, horrible nightmare. I was close with her. She was like a daughter. She did so much for this department, and it hurts that she's gone now. Her picture's all over this fire station. This has gone on too long. It's impacted too many people here. When we go back in Bull Creek, it's hard on me because I think of Brandy all the time. I think she talks to me through the trees. I don't know why, but I'll find myself staring at a tree, and it dances, and there's not a tree around it that's doing the same thing. Although Brandy's husband, Jeff, is out of jail and reunited with his family, his life will never be the same. He misses his wife, and so do their children. I mean, if they would find her alive or find her dead, I think it would be easier on the kids. Definitely, they think about it every day, I'm sure. Yeah, because my son even asked me, are we still looking for mom? He's still looking for mom. Yes, you cannot pull the wool on a kid's eyes, you know, especially when it comes to their mom. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.